I grudge them, grudge them on, you know. I threw him a fight for black liberation. And him a one true warrior. Them I want to try to stop him. But them can't stop the man. Them can't stop Raheem Chabaz. That's why anytime me want to listen to revolutionary liberation vibes, me tune into Necessary Blackness Podcast. Me not hear them like a Yaga Yaga podcast them. I be your Necessary Blackness me rock with. Anytime me want your true warrior talking. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly and revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and Black Power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today we have a special guest that is joining us, and she is no stranger to the Necessary Blackness Podcast. Actually, she has been on here numerous times, and um, this won't be the last time. So our guest today is Shay Dixon, (laughs) and she's a community activist. Um, She's also an actress. Uh, She does a lot of things as far as producing. And she's here today because she was one of the earlier members of Black Lives Matter. And she is an individual that can give us some insides working of this organization. We actually did a podcast before where she talked about um, being a part of the initial launch of Black Lives Matter and what made her uh, pivot and to no longer be a part of that organization. So, Shay Dixon, how are you doing? I'm fine, Raheem. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. Now, in our last podcast where we talked about um, you initially being a part of the formation of Black Lives Matter, there are some people that probably 
not privy to that interview or didn't see it. Um, do you want to talk about your earlier days? Um, I'm just one of the first activists that came onto the front lines to start organizing under the umbrella of Black Lives Matter. Um, I was on the steering committee. I led Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, which is the first chapter of Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. um, I experienced a lot while I was uh, leading Black Lives Matter Los Angeles. And a lot of the things that I hear um, these more recent activists and Black Lives Matter chapters saying, a lot of things that I hear them saying are things that I can relate to and things that I know that are true because I experienced it myself plus more. Okay. What was the core reason for your departure? Well, we, we, definitely, we definitely had differences in our beliefs and ideologies. Mm -hmm. um, Patrice, for instance, I believe, uh, and I mean, I'm only talking about her because she is the person who has put herself in the front and took credit for the work that has been done by the activists. But mm -hmm. even, even back in 2014 and 2015, she wasn't active in movement spaces. So, you know, I, I think that people should understand that listen to the words that she's saying. She says she was the first person to put a hashtag online. She never claimed to be the person actually doing the work because she's not and she hasn't been that person. Anybody can type a hashtag online. Anybody can say Black Lives Matter. I, I just read that one of the her other friends, Alicia or Opal, one of them, they say, in 2013, they murmured the word Black Lives Matter. Well, because you say a word or a phrase or you type a word or a phrase online, that doesn't make you the leader of the group. It doesn't make you the person doing the work. Anybody can say it. Anybody can type this. Um, the thing that is being erased, and this is purposely being erased, are the activists and, and the work that they're doing, which is what made Black Lives Matter a household name. Now, let's go back a little bit because I remember you speaking openly about your disagreement with the mission statement, and it culminated into you being vocal about that, and also of you being blocked, or locked out, rather, of the account. And then after that, that's when you pretty much made your exit. You want to talk about that? Yeah, but that was like the small part. You have to, well, I don't even know if I have expressed this to you before, but I definitely was vocal about it as it was going on. I went to our tribunal of elders that we have here in LA. Um, mm -hmm. I tried to remain close to the elders. So I've taken these issues to them before with no resolve. Um, and basically, um, Wait, what? What question? <laughs> what, what? Okay, what was the issues that you um that you brought? Oh, to you the were project? asking me about being locked out. Yeah, that that wasn't it. It was an issue, but like my elders were telling me, it's okay to have personality conflicts. They were trying to explain to me that there would be differences in personalities, but since we were there to do work specifically for our community, then we had to get past that. But in these spaces, I was I having my life threatened. Um, I had somebody in particular, Jasmine Richards, which is she was leading Black Lives Matter Pasadena, attempt to fight me at a meeting, like threatened to kill me. 
picked up a big boulder and like had to be restrained by three people because she felt like she wanted to smash this boulder over my head. Wow. And and the next week, um, Black Lives Matter put her on the payroll. So it was kind of like they were paying her to be the guard dog and to keep me from pushing back because, you know, we would we would do um, uh, acts of civil disobedience, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we would have a, one person or two people who decide that they were not going to follow along with what our plan was. And in them making that decision, they put us all in a position to be hurt or to, you know, have um, legal charges brought against us. And when I brought that up, because my thing is, we got to be on the same page. We have to be disciplined. Absolutely. We're going to do this work. And because that is the stance that I took, I got backlash, I guess, because people wanted to do their own thing. You know, it was never... Nobody ever wanted to to be on one accord. Well, most people did, but then we had a, a few people who did not. And um, like I said, Jasmine Richards was one of those people. So we had that situation. We had it, it was a lot of messiness and infighting. And so, you know, those issues kind of shook me a little because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was that they should have been present in that space. But you know. It was something that, like I said, my elders told me it's going to be personality differences. And and they even encouraged me in the beginning, like, don't speak out about it. Don't let the public know what's going on. But at this point, I feel obligated to tell my story because this is something that should have been nipped in the bud many years ago. And it has not been. And things have gotten worse. We got somebody now that's taking advantage of of people who are donating money specifically because they want to assist the black community. And that money is being taken out of our community and being funneled into other communities. And that's not right. That leads me to my next question. Um, Mainstream media has picked up on it, but it was actually the black media that initially uh, broke this story. And it is pertaining to the founder of Black Lives Matter, Patrice Cullors. And we understand that she has bought several million dollar homes all throughout the country. And a lot of this, well, I'm not gonna say a lot. The actual money for the purchase of these homes uh, is being alleged came from the money that was raised for Black Lives Matter. Um, I just recently seen an interview and you seen it as well with her defending herself against these allegations. When you seen this interview, what was your thoughts? I was shocked, Raheem. I'll be honest, I was shocked because I know just five years ago, she was like, poor. (laughs) I'll just say poor. You know, um, she lived in a little apartment with more roommates than she had bedrooms. So to go from being someone who is living in a black community, you're living in a small apartment, you have several roommates. I mean, that means that you can't afford the rent by yourself to now just going on a property buying spree, spending millions of dollars of money on properties. It's like nothing that she said in that interview that she done would actually afford for her to buy those four mansions. Yeah, she talked about um, doing consulting work. She talked about having a movie deal, 
Uh, she talked about having um, a situation with YouTube. Now, whenever you come out and you say something, people are going to do their research. Now, with uh -huh. YouTube, she got 29,000 subscribers, right? I doubt if you're going to get a multi-million dollar deal from YouTube. Um, with None of her deals are multi-million dollar deals. I'm certain of that. Yeah, with the books, the consultant, none of it adds up. No. And when we look at the interview, one thing that is very telling is that she never denied that she purchased these homes. The only thing she denied is about the home in the Bahamas. But everything else she didn't deny. So, because she hasn't purchased that home. From my understanding, she was looking into purchasing it and did not follow through with the purchase or as of yet. Yeah. Now, when she makes these allegations saying that activists should be able to make a living wage, right? She said living wage. That was, that, that was the optic word, living wage. To be able to purchase three or four different homes that are worth in the assets of a million dollars sounds like more than living wage. See, yeah, she's not speaking of a, a living wage. And, you know, she's basically talking in circles. Um Buying four mansions in the span of five years or even three mansions in the span of five years, that's more than a living wage. Absolutely. And she also knows that people believe that when they have donated money to Black Lives Matter, that they are thinking that they are helping the movement. They are thinking that they're supporting these activists that are on the front lines doing work. You know, they're thinking that they are putting money towards a black agenda and resources for us to start putting together black legislation and getting it passed. Uh, Patrice knows that people thought this or think this when they are giving money and she's taking advantage of that. And she's using that money for her own benefit because she doesn't have a 501c3. Black Lives Matter is not a nonprofit organization. So she's been getting money off of this word, Black Lives Matter, um, for since 2014, at least since 2014. Now, you know, in this interview, she did say that people are questioning the money that people are saying that was raised by Black Lives Matter. And then she made it where she corrected it and said that Black Lives Matter never raised this money. This is money that was given. That's a lie. I mean, yeah. this is this is the thing, Raheem. The very first Black Lives Matter GoFundMe was set up by them, and they put a picture of me on it, and it was a picture of me in the middle of an action of civil disobedience. And the prosecutor took that picture and prosecuted me off of it. I was the only person that the, that was able to be identified because of the picture that they had of me. On that GoFundMe. So I did go to trial. I did fight. Um, the, the California, the LA District Attorney's Office was attempting to set a precedent in my case um, regarding protests. So, for instance, if me and the people who were put on trial with me would have been convicted of this, then everybody who's on the streets doing these protests would be locked up and they would also, you know, be prosecuted. But I had a very good attorney. Which leads to my second point. 
Um, civil rights attorney Carrie Harper represented me. Um, I had six co-defendants. And um, because of Carrie Harper, we no nobody was found guilty. But Black Lives Matter didn't pay my lawyer's fees. Black Lives wow. Matter, they didn't help me with anything. And here I am, a, a single mother in Los Angeles struggling already. And then coming into this space and organizing and doing all these work, all those high profile acts of civil disobedience that made, that put Black Lives Matter on the news and in the newspaper and all that, those were actions that were organized and led by me. So now, I'm dedicating all of my time and energy to this. And, and I was never compensated, appreciated, nothing. I wasn't doing it for compensation, but yeah. you know, you don't get to bring in money off of the work that I do and then still disregard me and not put that money into our community and instead utilize that money to improve your lifestyle. Now, let me ask you something. You said that they used a picture of you at a, a civil disobedient protest for their fundraiser on GoFundMe, which probably went national, and that's how the uh, prosecutor was able to identify you. Did they have permission to use your picture? No. I was shocked. <laughs> I no, was shocked when I saw it. No, they didn't have no. my permission. Now, let me ask you this, right? You said that there was um, disagreement um, in ideology and um, certain uh, individuals you had uh, had conflict with you that was within the Black Lives Matter movement. Looking in hindsight, do you think your picture was used to probably put you out there so that you can be arrested and what happened to you happened? Or you just think that it just happened? Yeah. No, no, no. Purposely? No, for sure. Yes, I believe that it was done intentionally and probably strategically. Um, you know, at the beginning, I didn't want the attention. I, I was already a target. Um, so I didn't want to make myself a bigger target. And I wanted to be able to focus on doing the work because that was stressful enough for me. Um, you know, so I, when we really started getting media attention was during Occupy LAPD, which mm. was the, Occupy, the occupation of the Los Angeles Police Department after the murder of Ethel Ford. So after the the, um, the results, the autopsy results were released. That's another action that was my idea. It was it was led by me, organized by me as well. So we started getting a lot of media requests during this time. And I remember the first time they asked me to uh, take the interview and I said, no, I don't want to take the interview. And I told them that I didn't want to take any interviews because I didn't want to be the face. We decided that we were going to have a leaderless movement with everyone being leaders. So there was no need for me to step out in the front and say anything. So I asked Patrice, why don't you take the interviews? I told her to take the interviews and let them know about the work we were doing. And it seems like maybe that has expanded to a lot more. You know, maybe maybe that wow. is where she got the, the feeling um, that she could speak on behalf of other activists. And yeah, that's that's just not right. It's not correct. And, you know, um, after the things that I've seen over the past week, including the little dance video that she put out, the dance activism stuff, I'm like, I'm, you know, I, I listen to my elders. I take their advice. Um, I don't speak about things 
Uh, but this is a situation where I have to uh, be courageous with my truth and I have to speak out because at the end of the day, my community is the most important thing. So I'm not about to sit back knowingly, knowingly, knowing that someone is trying to pimp our community and switch the agenda, take money and resources that's really supposed to go into building our community and utilize it for themselves and then be like, it's my money? No, it's not your money. It's not. So, you know, it's not only is it not her money, but she also doesn't have the authority to dictate what activists get it because nobody gave the money to Patrice Colors. You know, you got the white liberal media pushing her out there saying that she is someone and saying that she has done something when she hasn't. Uh, who gives Nobel Peace Prizes for somebody who starts a hashtag online? Absolutely. Now, let me ask you something because you said something that was very profound. And I think it went above people's heads. So we're going to go back. We're going to slow it all the way down. Right? Okay. So the folks in the back can hear about this, right? Okay. And they can do their research. Black Lives Matter, global organization, a global network, is not a 5013C, right? Correct. Break it down. <laughs> yes. And, and tell us how they're using another uh, sponsorship in order to receive money. And tell us about that uh, organization that is actually receiving the money and what they're doing with the money. Yeah, well, Black Lives Matter has gone through several different name changes. That's the first thing. And, and probably because, you know, people are putting together the fact that this Black Lives Matter um, website is not in any way connected to the activists that are on the ground doing the work in the movement. Mm -hmm. So Black Lives Matter Global or whatever they're calling themselves now. Nope, they're still not a 501c3 nonprofit. And instead, they are going through another nonprofit for their donations, which is, I think it's the Tides Network. So the Tides Network and the Thousand Currents organization. Mm. So they are using another organization's 501c3 status in order to funnel in their money. And then they're using another outlet to distribute um, these funds and the the communities in which these funds are being distributed to that are supposed to go directly to black and African-American and more specifically um, at the African-American communities and African-American people who are descendants of chattel slavery. Um, it's being distributed to all different types of communities for all different causes and even outside of America. If anybody thinks that that is correct, that money that was supposed to be going towards building, uh, she was talking about building power. <laughs> what she has done isn't built power. If, if we're really building power, we would take that money. We would invest it back into our communities. We would invest it back into our community before Absolutely. we bought ourselves and our family members' mansions. That's some stuff that a poor person who ain't never touched no money and who came into a lot of money and trying to do a quick money grab because they knew that that money wasn't theirs to begin with. They trying to spin it up, invest it, buy assets before somebody catches on. That's what they do. And that's what Patrice is doing and has done. Now, this um, website is powered by iTech or something like that? 
What's the company? The ones that's actually um, distributing, that's receiving the funds. Oh, on the Black Lives Matter website. I think it's Act Blue, right? Oh, okay. It's Act Blue. And yeah. None of them so, so, I mean, it just seems like there are a bunch of layers um, to keep from being transparent regarding how much money is coming in and where the money that is going out is going to. And that's super problematic, you know, because nobody, no activist, no chapter, nobody appointed uh, Patrice leader of anything. And she's not leader of anything. She's leader of the Black Lives Matter hashtag, not the Black Lives Matter movement. And her and two yeah. friends, Alicia and Opal, they have they they got even less to do with the Black Lives Matter movement than Patrice does. I ain't never seen these girls come around. And when I say that I that I was on the Black Lives Matter steering committee, that that was the committee that was over the entire organization or the movement. At this point, we were actually doing the work in the movement. You know, Patrice wasn't there, but we were doing the work. And so even on this steering committee, um, Alicia or Opal wasn't on it. Like I, I used to wreck my brain trying to figure out how they were connected to Black Lives Matter. I did some research on it. And like I said, the statement earlier where Alicia Garza says in 2013, she uttered the words Black Lives Matter. Baby, they don't give you ownership to a movement. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And I think Alicia and Opal know that, which is why they have already separated themselves from Black Lives Matter. Because they knew that they weren't doing the work to begin with. I'm sure they were probably in, in private rooms having private conversations and getting money. But they knew that they weren't doing the work. And you know what? That's very telling because, you know, once this story developed, most people would believe that they would come out in support of, you know, their other founder um, if they was a part of this network or this movement. But we have seen that they have been utterly silenced. But that that has been consistent. They they've never I've never seen them at a protest on the front lines. In any meeting spaces, like they're they're not a part of this work, and and I'm like Hollywood trying to bring her into the fold, like she's somebody, like she really does something. All of this is offensive to me, to be honest, because I don't understand what stories Warner Brothers wants her to share. But all I know is she does not have my permission to share any of my story. She does not have my permission to share. It. Anything about any of the direct actions of civil disobedience that I came up with or that I led or even organized, anything that she wasn't there to be a part of that was work that I contributed to, she doesn't have the right to tell the story about that. She also doesn't have the right to erase me or any other activist, which is what they are trying to do. Wow. I'm going to play a clip for you, and I just want to uh, get your thoughts on this. Okay. Uh, I've spent the last week um, with security and um, yeah, they, the, 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 these articles have shown the homes that, I, live in, that my family lives in. And Say it again. You can keep it playing. Uh, I'm seeing straight through this. Keep it playing. I want to hear this. Alright, I'm going to start it from the beginning. <laughs> uh, I spent the last week 
um, with security and um, yeah, they the, the the these articles have shown the homes that I live in and that my family lives in, and um, everybody's been like, "Well, is there an address?" But you don't need an address because you can reverse image the images and pull up my address. And so um, I've not just been a target of the right and white supremacist in this moment, but obviously since the beginning of when I started Black Lives Matter, I've been a target. And these folks have created um, a much dangerous situation for me and my family. It's um, Yeah, I, I can't wait, say Wait, 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 what? What? She said so she's, she's pretending to cry mm-hmm. and she wants people to feel sorry for her, and she's gaslighting now. She's talking about she spent time with security. Since you can afford security, <laughs> you how? Why do you need to be secured? And you can't say nothing about nobody saying where, what houses you bought. That's public record. You yeah. know what? When I first read that and saw that she bought all those houses in her name, I said she's stupid because she was already a fraud. She was already scamming and doing stuff she shouldn't have been doing. And then she had the audacity to take the money and actually put it in her name. Like, girl, no, this is public record. And when you buy a house and you put your name on it, we can look that up and we can see what your address is. Absolutely. And it's so shocking to me that she would be going public trying to cross. She's supposed to be this super radical militant person. She don't have no issues going to nobody else's house to protest. She don't have no problem letting nobody else's address be known, but all of a sudden, she's the victim. No, no, you are not the victim. That girl is far from the victim. She trying, she playing, she trying to play people. I now, ain't fall for it. I definitely ain't falling for it. I know let, who she is. Let me ask you this, right? This story is not gonna go away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's going to be investigation upon investigation. Uh, Black Twitter is going As crazy. it should be. Uh, what do you think is going to happen uh, with this situation? Um, honestly, I, I think what's going to happen is what was supposed to have already happened. Patrice is going to step down and move away from the Black Lives Matter movement altogether. Um, if you listen to the the most recent chapters that are blowing the whistle on her and her Black Lives Matter global network. Um, they will tell you that she agreed to step down like two a year or two ago. Yeah, she agreed yeah, to step away. That. But then the money started flowing. The money started rolling in bigger and better than the money ever was. Mm-hmm. And so I guess she felt like this is her chance. She got to snag this and take the money. And all of it's going to blow up in her face. And I'm so happy that. It is it is her experiencing this than me because I would never want to sell out my community and I'm never going to ruin my legacy selling out my community like that. She gonna have to live with that. She made those decisions. That is basically what's probably gonna happen. Good. And, I'm ready for her I, to go away. Everybody, see, is, I'm sure. Yeah, I see a lot of people online asking her to step down. A lot yeah. of people she should that she needs She's to overshadowing open up the, the whole movement. She is overshadowing people's really good work. She is stopping progress. She is don't she even a, got a Black Lives Matter agenda. 
She has an LGBTQ agenda. No, you do not get to use money that's supposed to go for the black community, for the LGBTQ community. That's not right. Absolutely. And what this does is it makes it hard for other movements to come along and to be taken serious. It's hard for people that already out here in the community, on the ground, doing the work to receive any other type of funding because people yeah. are, are, are going to be hesitant. So in, in closing, I just want to say, um, Shay, that I appreciate you. I love what you're doing. Um, I don't know if you want to tell everybody, but I'll tell them that you get ready to graduate and um, you're receiving your law degree next month. <laughs> and you are one of the freedom fighters that we need out there, whether it's in the street or in the courtroom. And I definitely salute you for what you do. Um, you may have started and was part of the initial formation of Black Lives Matter, but with your degree and all that you do in the community, I believe that you can take this thing further than where it's already at. As soon as yeah. we, as soon as the undesirables get out of the way, and I think yeah. that time is coming. Thank you, Raheem. I agree with you, and um, I can guarantee you that I'm fully prepared. So I just want to like leave some last words to people who might be watching this to like uh, who might be wondering, like, what are um, next steps or what should we be working towards right now in this mm -hmm. movement? Um, the Black Lives Matter movement and specifically by now, Raheem, we should already have developed candidates to run in elections. We, have, we should have already been doing that. You know, we should already be writing legislation. I heard in Patrice's interview, she was like, yeah, we should be demanding for reparations. No, Patrice, we should be writing legislation. We should be lobbying the legislators. We should be developing leaders that can actually get into those positions to write the legislation. That's what a movement does. You Absolutely. know, but, but, but. I mean, this is how you know the difference between somebody who's just trying to take up space and make things about them compared to somebody who's actually about progressing their community and the movement. That was very, very, very well said. And I appreciate you. This is Raheem Shabazz, a Necessary Blackness podcast. <laughs> and I just want to thank Shay Dixon for coming on here and being a part of the Necessary Blackness podcast family. Peace. Thank you, Raheem. You're welcome.